0: Spirit, we pray that what you do tonight is something that we will never forget, God. I pray that you heal us. I pray that you show us our identity, God. And I pray that you show us our purpose. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks, man. Let's give it up for our band. Title of the night message, if you're taking notes, put mask off at the top of your Notes. If you're taking notes, if you're doing it on your phone, if you're writing it down, I want you to, at the top, put mask off just like that in parentheses. I mean, quotation marks, sorry. <clears throat> it's the summer, guys. Uh, <laughs> write that down at the top. That's the title of tonight's message. Man, today, we're going to be talking about one Bible character, and his name is Moses. Say Moses. Moses. i got to feel you tonight. Say Moses. Moses. We're talking about Moses, and Moses has a very intricate story. His story is very intricate detailed, so I'm going to beg you. I need you to give me your full attention because have you ever watched a movie that was about two hours long, you missed two minutes of that movie and everything just makes sense and you're sitting next to the person at the movie theater talking about, wait, where that girl came from? Hold up, he got a Benz? What happened? She dead? You don't know what's going on because you missed two minutes. Please just focus on everything I got to say today because I'm telling you a story and we're pulling things out the story. Look at the person next to you and say, mask off. Look at the person next to you, say, mask off. Look at the other person to say, Moses. Today we are talking about Moses. Now, just before I get into what I really wanna talk about, I wanna give you a prelude to what Moses' life was like. So, imagine this. Moses is living in a place called Egypt. Everybody say, Egypt. Egypt. Moses is living in Egypt, but Moses is not an Egyptian. Moses is a Hebrew. Everybody say, Hebrew. Hebrew. So, because Moses is a Hebrew and he's living in Egypt, Moses is a slave to the Egyptian people. Moses is born, and he's just a baby, and the pharaoh, the king, the president, whatever, if you don't know what a pharaoh is, it's like the guy who's in charge of everybody. And pharaoh says, I want to kill every firstborn Hebrew boy. Pharaoh, in front of everyone, says, I want every firstborn Hebrew boy to die tonight. And when that happens, Moses' mother gets so afraid that she takes a basket, she wraps her son in her Hebrew linens, puts him in this basket, and puts him in the water so she can escape the wrath of Pharaoh. So imagine this. Someone says, I'm going to kill all the firstborn, Puerto Ricans. And oh, t- time out. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to bring it to you. So, so, so a Puerto Rican mama takes their baby, puts him in the, in the, in the basket, puts some soflito the, in the basket with him, <laughs> puts him in, sends him because she's afraid that her son is going to die. So Moses, in a river, is floating away from his family to hide from Pharaoh. But because of the way the river was, Moses went in a river that led him to Pharaoh's house. So Moses is being persecuted. Pharaoh says, I want to kill every Puerto Rican boy. The Puerto Rican boy hops in the basket, and he is sent, and he is put at the very place where Pharaoh said, I'm going to kill every first Hebrew-born boy. Pharaoh's daughter sees the Hebrew boy, she knows that he's a Hebrew boy because the mom wrapped him in the Hebrew linens. So as soon as she saw Moses, she knew he was an Egyptian. She knew that her father Pharaoh wanted to kill him. So when she brings the baby to Pharaoh, she says, "Dad, I found a baby, and I call him Moses." And the literal meaning of the word Moses is to be drawn out of the water, to be pulled out of the water. So she finds Moses. And she goes to Pharaoh and she says, Pharaoh, Daddy, Pharaoh, I found the person that you are trying to kill. He's a Hebrew boy, but I don't want him to die. And Pharaoh says, Okay, don't kill him, but let's raise him like one of us. Time out. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let's okay, let, all right. Let's say Donald Trump says, I want to kill every first-born Puerto Rican boy. And you, a Puerto Rican boy, get sent. You, a Puerto Rican boy, end up at the footsteps of the White House. Do you think you're going to survive? No, you are not going to survive. Pharaoh sees this baby boy. He knows that he is a Hebrew boy. Why didn't Pharaoh kill him? Why didn't Pharaoh, why did Pharaoh just say, no, it's fine. You want to know something? The devil don't gotta kill you to destroy you from your purpose. He has to uh, just—he just has to make you grow up to believe you're something that you're not. So, 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 so Pharaoh sees the baby boy, and he says, "Okay, I know that's a Hebrew. We don't have to kill him. Let's him. Let's just make him one of us." And the devil works the same way. He says, "Listen, you are not an Egyptian." You are a Hebrew baby. I could kill you, but the God is not, I want to kill you, but I can't. But just as bad as killing you, I could just make you grow to believe that you're something that you're not. I can place you in a family, in a relationship, in a group of friends with, with people that you are not. And if I do that, I can destroy your purpose. Can I let you know that the devil is after your purpose? He's not after your job. He's not after your smile. He's not after your happiness. He is after your purpose because your purpose is what changes the world. What was Moses' purpose? Moses' purpose was to set his own people free. But Pharaoh says, if I just make you one of me, you would never set them free. It's like this wrench. See this wrench? Let's say this table needs a screwdriver to get fixed. And I look at this wrench and I say, you're a screwdriver. You are a screwdriver. Now do the work of a screwdriver. This wrench will grow up its whole life feeling like it is worth nothing because it is not given its true identity. This wrench, if I tell it, you are a screwdriver, you were born to be a screwdriver, you look like a screwdriver, this wrench will look in the mirror and say, I don't look like all the other screwdrivers. I can't be used like a screwdriver. The worst part is that there's a table that needs to be fixed. And this, screw, this wrench can never do the job of a screwdriver. Yeah. So what happens? The table never gets fixed. So not only does the wrench feel terrible, but the work and the people that you are around never gets done. Yeah. The people that God is trying to reach never get reached. Yeah. The people that God is trying to save never get saved yeah. because you are trying to do the work of a screwdriver when God called you to be a wrench. You are trying to do the work of an Egyptian when God had called you to be a Hebrew boy. It's the same way. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm a wrench, not a screwdriver. To mess up your purpose, the devil goes after your identity. To mess with your purpose, the devil goes after your identity. Look at, look at the person next to you and say, My purpose is wrapped by my identity. The devil is after my purpose. Verses 24 through 26 of Hebrews chapter 11. Let's read it. Let's read verses from Hebrews. The first ones. Cool. By faith. So look at this. Moses, he grows up in an Egyptian household. He grows up to be a rich person in royalty. He's satisfied with everything. He loves where he's at. Moses is chilling in a palace. Comes in a point where Moses says, "I know that I am not an Egyptian. I know who I really am." Yeah. My question is, when is that going to happen to you? When are you going to look at yourself and say, "Man, I'm I'm not like my friends." I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm. I. Moses by faith. Moses, parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw him; he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up refused to be known as Pharaoh's son of the, sorry, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So Moses knows that he is not Pharaoh's daughter, and he grows up, and he refuses to be known as part of something that he is not. And then it says, he chooses to be mistreated along with the people of God, rather than to, whoa, He chooses to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. So Moses, like I told you, he's in royalty. His people are slaves. Pharaoh wants to kill every firstborn boy. Pharaoh says, you know what? We don't got to kill you. We just got to strip your identity because without your identity, you can't reach your purpose. So grow up with us, and as long as you grow up with us, we'll be cool. I'll be happy about it. But then Moses says, no, no, no. I've been living like this for too long. I've been looking like this for too long. I'd rather, I'd rather be mistreated with the slaves than to be living in sin. Next verse. He regarded this grace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Look at the person next to you and say I don't care. I don't care. Say I don't care. I don't care. He knew he was he knew he was called an Egyptian. He said, "You want to go and you want to go and, and and try to raise me like someone that I'm not. I don't care. I'm leaving." The Bible reads If you look at other translations, it says that Pharaoh was angry with Moses that he left. And Moses, knowing that Pharaoh was angry at him, he leaves. And we look at our our friends, we look at our relationships, we look at our circles, and we say, man, I don't want to leave this circle because if I leave and try to come back, they're never going to accept me. I I don't want to stop smoking because if I stop and, and I try to come back, they're gonna judge me. I don't want I don't want I don't want to don't want to tell them that I'm not gonna curse. They're gonna look at me stupid and they're gonna push me away and they're not gonna let me back in. You need to live the I don't care mentality. I don't care. I'll go. I'll go. I don't care. Look at the person next to you. Say I don't care. You gotta say I th- I, I don't care. Back to the story. Moses leaves. Moses leaves and he ends up in a place called Midian. It's in Exodus. Let's go to Exodus. Moses leaves. He goes to a place called Midian. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But See, the devil's always going to try to kill you when you run. He's going to let you chill in Egypt, but the moment you try to run, that's when he's going to try to kill you. And you say, man, I was living life so good before I did this church thing. Duh, you're leaving Egypt. I was living so good before I gave my life to Christ, and now everything's been going crazy. He's trying to kill you. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian. Somebody say Midian. Midian. Somebody say Midian. Midian. I believe Midian is the gray area. Somebody say gray area. area. Midian. Midian. Gray Gray area. He tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian where he sat down by a well. He sat down by a well. My problem isn't the well. My problem is not the well. If you look at it, if you look at the history of Moses, Moses is a friend of water. He was saved by the water. The water is what brought him to his freedom. The water is what brought him to the palace. He's not afraid of water. My problem with this is that he says he sat by the water. He sat down by the well. The problem isn't the water. You know what the water represents? Jesus says it a bunch of times in the New Testament. He says, I am the living water. You drink from me and you should never thirst again. So he's with Jesus. He chose to leave Pharaoh to be with Jesus. He said, I'd rather be in pain with my slaves than to live in sin. He's got Jesus, but he's sitting down. How many of us come to church and we got Jesus, but we sat down? God says, I want you to be involved in worship. Nah, I'm going to sit down. I want to I get involved in, the, in, in, in social media. Nah, sit down. I want to, and, 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 and the devil's looking at you, and you're saying, man, the devil's still trying to kill me. Pharaoh didn't stop trying to kill him. The, he's still trying to kill me, and you're sitting down by the well. Let me get a chair. I need a chair. Can I get a chair? a chair? This is, let's say this is the well that Moses is sitting on. Marky, come over here. Marky, try to pull me off. push me up this chair. Try to push me up this chair again. Okay, try to push me down. When you are standing up, the devil can't push you on the floor. Let me give you no way. Time out, time out, time out, time out. You need to understand this. You need to understand this. Because if you won't stand up for anything, you'll fall for nothing. If you stand for nothing... You will fall for anything. And you're sitting, you wonder why so many people come to church and they sit in church and they sit in church and they sit in church church for years, months, weeks, and one thing happens and they fall off. But it takes someone who is standing on the word of God who says, I am not going to fall off. I am not going to fall off. Write this down in your notes. If you won't stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. You will fall for anything. Look at the person next to you say, for anything. Sitting by the well. And it's okay. L- listen, listen. I'm not saying don't get saved. Because it's great to get saved. You got Jesus. No music. I like this. just. Okay, thank you. It's okay to get saved. There's nothing wrong with getting saved. I'm not mad. He was by the well. And if nobody pushed him, he would have... He would have lived on this well for the rest of his life. But let's see what happens when he stands up. Next verse. There was a priest who had heard, who had seven daughters. These girls came to that well that he was on to get water for their father's sheep. But they were trying to fill the water bucket. But there were some shepherds there who chased the girls away. And would not let them get water. So Moses helped the girls. And gave them water to their animals. Then they went back to their father Ra- Raul. He asked them. Why have you come home so early today? The girls answered. The shepherds cut, chased us away. But an Egyptian rescued us. He got water for us. And gave it to their animals. Next verse. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro. In his father's law. priest of Midian, And he led the flock. And he was led to a mountain. Now this is what happens when he stands up. Moses, he's there. Moses goes, go back to the last verse. Moses is sitting by, sitting by the well. He sees these women. These women go to get water, and shepherds try to stop them from getting water. So what does he do? He stands up. If you read more into the story, in a different part of the, in, the, in the text, the Bible says that one of the women that Moses helped out with the water ends up being his wife. One of the women that Moses ended up helping out was the mother of his son. Can I tell you something? God has got promises for you that you will never reach unless you stand up. God has got promises. God has got blessings for you that you will never reach until you stand up. You got to say, okay, yeah, you can sit here. Yeah, you, you got Jesus. That's great. You got salvation. If nobody pushes you off, you're good. But will you live the rest of your life knowing that there are promises for you? That you will never reach unless you stand up. God doesn't want you just sitting in church. God don't want you just coming here and sitting down. Because you could fall for anything, especially at this age. God is saying, I want you to stand up. Can we go back to to that verse where the priest was who had seven daughters. So, peep this. After the women go back, they say, we were getting water. And the shepherds chased us out. After shepherds chased us out, there was a man who helped us. An Egyptian man. Time out. Moses was an Egyptian. Moses was Hebrew. It would be different if they were in Egypt and the girl says, an Egyptian man, help me out. That would make more sense. But they're in Midian. They're in the gray area. They're in Midian and a woman sees Moses and says, I saw an Egyptian man. Why would she mistake Moses for an Egyptian man? Can I tell you something? So many of us are in church, standing, working in ministry, leaving our well to stand up and work, and we still look like Egyptians. God is saying, listen, you came to church, you hopped out your well, you're serving in the ministry, but when people see you, all they see is Egyptians. I see you, and yeah, you're reading the Bible, that's cool, but when you talk, you sound like an Egyptian. You want to know how they they knew she, she knew he was an Egyptian? I was telling my dad, I was like, yo, I don't know how she knew he was an Egyptian. Was it the way he walked? stand?" My dad said, no, it was the garments he was wearing. What has you wrapped? What Egyptians do you have wrapped around your body? What Egyptian sins do you have wrapped around your body? Because the, the, God defeated sin on the cross, but as we walk this walk, we've still got these Egyptian things around us. And God is saying, listen, you look good, but you look like an Egyptian. You're working in the church you're doing the ministry but you look like an Egyptian and the Bible doesn't the Bible says he grows up has a wife has a kid looking like an Egyptian how many of us in church come here looking like Egyptians and we say yeah I, I get saved but I still want to wear my Egyptian garment I still want to talk like an Egyptian I just I still want to walk like an Egyptian I still want to I still want to smoke like an Egyptian because I'm giving my life to Christ and that's cool but I just, just want to I just want to look like an Egyptian. We need to get out of that. There's a point in time in the next verse. If we look, Moses, he's led to a mountain. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire within a bush. Time out. Moses sees God. Through a burning bush. That doesn't make any sense to me. Because if I was God, I would say, Moses knows water. Let me show him water. Moses, he knows what, he's. He was saved from the water. He found his wife by the water. Why didn't God show him self through water? Because when you are about to get placed in the next level in God, he shows you a new part of him that you've never seen before. He says, okay, I've got a place I want you to go. I've got a purpose for you. But before that, let me show you another side of me that'll take you where you need to go. And, and, and can I encourage you, the only way he saw that fire is when he climbed the mountain. Yeah, I don't understand. You ever climbed a mountain? You ever walked up a mountain? You ever had a cramp? You ever stubbed your toe on a rock? You have a fell? He had to go through it to get to the fire. And we look at God and say, God, accept me from the fire. I don't want any trials and tribulations. But God can't show you your purpose unless you go through it. God can't show you your fire unless you go through the mountain. The only way you can touch this new side of God and be relayed this new vision of God is if you walk the mountain. God shows him the fire. And then God says this. He says, listen. I got your purpose. What's his purpose? Your purpose is to set my people free. That is your purpose on this world. It's to set my people free. But before you set my people free, I need you to come close to me. That's what he says. But he says, wait, before you come close, take off your sandals. Time out. If you you read this, you say, man, God doesn't want to give him his purpose. He tells him to stop. He's walking towards God. He's walking in the presence of God towards the fire. And God says, stop. Whoa, time out. I thought you wanted to give me my purpose. And God is saying, stop where you're at. To get your purpose, you've got to come closer. But before you come closer, you've got to take off your sandals. What does the sandals represent? The journey that he's walked. The, the, the Egyptian lifestyle he lived. This identity of a man who grew up in Egypt while he was a Hebrew boy. God is saying, listen, I've got your purpose on the other side, and to get to your purpose, you got to draw close to me, but you can't draw close to me until you take off your sandals. You can't draw close to me until you take off your Egypt, and you will be working and working and working in the house of God, and you will never fulfill your purpose because some of us don't want to give up our sandals. And God is saying, listen, I need you to give up your Egypt. I need you to give up your Egypt. You want your purpose. The number one question young adults ask is, what is my purpose? And you're living in this gray area called Midian, going to work, going to school, going to work, going to school, going to church, going to work, going to school, going to church. You say, why is my life like a broken record? Why am I doing the same things every week? And then you fall off of church because you're sitting and you're not standing and all these things are happening. And God is saying, all you got to do is take off your Egyptian shoes. So I can lead you to your purpose. Right now where you're at. A lot of us want to know our purpose. We want to know where God has us. We want to know where he's taking us. But God is saying, before you can come closer to me to find your purpose, you got to take off your shoes. Right now where you're at, just bow your heads and close your eyes. I believe that there are people in this place. This isn't an altar call. This isn't a, this isn't a, a, a salvation call. If you have been in Midian, if you've been sitting by the well, if you've been standing by the well, And you want to know your purpose, but you've got an identity issue. You look like an Egyptian. You talk like an Egyptian. You walk like an Egyptian. you got to remove this Egyptian mask to get to the purpose that God has for you. God didn't ever want to stop him from reaching his purpose. God just told him, you can't fulfill your purpose looking like an Egyptian. Because you know who God wanted to save? Egyptians. And God can't save Egyptians with Egyptians. He can only save an Egyptian through a Hebrew who's been through an Egyptian lifestyle, who loves the Lord. We're like this wrench. God will place you. Why did God place Moses with the Egyptians? God will place you around screwdrivers to separate you from screwdrivers, to put you back with a screwdriver, to let them know that God has got a purpose for them. So he said, I don't want to leave my friends. God is going to take you from your friends, do his work in you, then send you back to your friends. Man, if you feel like you need to let go of your mask, if you need to take your mask off, that Egyptian mask off, that way you walk, the way you talk, the way you look, all eyes are closed, all heads are bowed. If you want to strip this off mind, this is not a salvation call. This isn't for if you don't want Jesus in your heart. This is you making a conscious decision saying, listen, I know that I go to church. I know that I sit by the well. I know that I've stood up. I know that I'm called by God. But I know that I know that I know that I'm tired of looking like an Egyptian take your mask off. Right there where you are. I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three, raise your hand. Nobody's looking around. Jesus, Jesus. Masks are being pulled off right in this very moment. You cannot reach your purpose until you draw closer to God, but you can't draw closer to God until you remove your mask. Holy Spirit, I pray every mask gets revealed in this place strip every single mask out of our hearts, God. We want to look like you, God. We want to look like you. As we continue with the story, you guys can look up now as we continue with the story. Jesus, God calls Moses, saves him from the water. Puts him to Pharaoh's house through the water. He goes to Midian and finds his wife by the water. When Pharaoh gets sent back to Egypt to save God's people, one of the first miracles he does is he turns water into blood. Then when God calls Moses to leave, Moses walks through water. Then when Moses gets to the land, the the wilderness, and he's on his way, The people get thirsty, and the Bible says that Moses hits a rock and water comes out. Why does water come up all over in Moses' life? What did we say that the water represents? Jesus. The living water. And Moses knew that if there's anything I need in my life, it's that water. Because that's the same water that saved me. That's the same water that got me my wife and my kid. That's the same water that changed me. That's the same water that did the first miracle where I can believe that God can use me. And then after doing it on a little ocean, I then did it on split the Red Sea. Water. He knew. That water was the most important part of his life because it's what saved him. It's what changed him. It's what made him found his family. It's what brought him out to do the work of the Lord. He walked through water. He made water come from a rock. If there's anything you need tonight, you need to leave with that water. You need to leave with Jesus. I don't think that if we look at the life of Moses, I think if we took the element of water out of his life, he never would have fulfilled his purpose. If there was no river to take him to the house of Pharaoh, if there was no well that he sat by to meet his wife, if there was no water to walk through and if there was no water to call out of a rock, Moses never would have become the person God called him to be. It was the water that he had with him. You cannot leave this place without the water and the Holy Spirit, living waters of God in your heart. The only way you can go and do what God called you to do is if you have that water in your heart. So bow your heads and close your eyes. We're gonna make a second prayer. If you want this living water inside of you, if you know that you can't leave this place without water, if you know you cannot leave this place without water, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hands and accept Christ into your heart. Moses knew he couldn't do it. Moses becomes one of the greatest men Bible characters ever because of water. If you know you're missing that water, when I count to three, I need you to raise your hand and accept Christ in your heart. One, two, three. I got one hand. I got two hands. Come on. Come on. You still got time. You still got time.